Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. So today, everyone, we have with us a very special guest, Toya Spencer. And Toya has been on the show before, and it's so exciting that she's come back to join us to talk about a lot of things. Uh, we'll hone in on DEI, but there's some other things I want to ask her. I did tell her it might be a surprise, but I think she's ready. And Toya is what I consider to be one of the foremost experts on DEI, not just from the perspective of how it should be applied and where it should be applied, but just the general nature and the power of it. Because who we're speaking to in an audience, you may not live in the United States, but you may have some curiosity about the topic. And I can't think of anything, anyone better than Toya to address that. So Toya, welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Thank you, Eric. It is a pleasure to be here um, and then to be back again. So, you yeah. know, to be asked twice to join, that's pretty incredible. So well, thank you. We joked around a little bit right before we started recording about how how many DEI folks have I had on the show or we've had on and uh, you are it. And nothing against anyone else out there who is a DEI expert and, and all of that. It's just I'm going to go back to one of our first conversations when our mutual friend, uh, Ruben Miner, introduced us. Mm -hmm. It struck me that you had this balance of, it, in some ways, it was, yeah, pure knowledge. I know what I'm doing. This is how it works. But there was a perspective that I thought um, was healthy, mm -hmm. right? Um, because let's face it, right, Toya? I mean, there's some people the just seeing the acronym DEI it can conjure a number of mixed emotions, right? Yes. I'm infinitely curious about those who tend to like go, well, wait a minute, because for me, that's a cue for the emotions. And you know what work I'm in, yes. we're in. So yes. I'm curious as for them as to, well, well, let's talk about that. What, what, what has you nervous? What do you know about it? That kind of thing. Yes. So I'm going to I'm going to start here, if it's OK with you mm -hmm. to talk about what's new. And I say it that way, because if if anyone is on LinkedIn, for example, mm -hmm. there's consistently you'll see photographs of people at conferences and you'll see, you know, a company is uh, attached some kind of like an article about why it's important. Mm -hmm. And you're flooded with that. And at least my perspective is, is that, well, we've been at this for a while. Yeah. So. Give us an update. What do you think is what not what do you think, but what is new in in the land of DEI? Yeah. Um, you know, in many ways, I think it's some of the same stuff. Right. Okay. So yep. some of uh -huh. the same stuff. So you're all obviously talking about 
um, people um, and differences and how are you creating spaces for people to show up as who they are, their authentic authentic selves. Um, There's also, um, you know, talk about what does it mean to be inclusive? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, when I think about that, I think you automatically have diversity, right? Like diversity Mm -hmm. exists because you have differences in people. Right now, you know, one could argue how granular of a detail do you want to go into differences? Do you want to keep it just surface level and differences in terms of race and gender and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, ethnicity, you know, LGBTQ plus status. Right. But I mean, really, at the root of it, each person is an individual. We're all unique. So by virtue of us being people and who we are, you're going to have diversity. So you can have two uh, males, white males, two black males, whomever males in the room. And just because on the surface, they may look like they're the same, they can be completely different. And so diversity exists just because we're different. Uh, the inclusion piece for me is where the intentionality comes into play, where okay. you are saying as an organization, as a group of people, I am going to one, recognize the diversity that exists Um, amongst all of us, but I'm going to do something different Mm. to create spaces where people feel welcomed and feel like they belong. So So inclusion is a verb. It is a verb and it is action and it's intentional. It is ongoing. It doesn't, it just doesn't exist. You have to do things to make it happen. Right. Right. And so you'll see things now where I think there's an evolution and maybe um, in what people are calling DEI work. Yep. So you'll see DEIB, DEIA, yep. so accessibility, the B is for belonging. You'll see J for justice, right? So yep. you uh, will see a lot of those letters tacked on, mm-hmm. you know, um, for some folks, there's intentionality behind that yep. and that's totally fine. But to me, at the end of the day, the inclusion and then the equity piece, mm-hmm. you know, are the equity to me is about the access. Like, are you putting things in place where you are making things, processes, opportunities accessible mm-hmm. for everyone? Um, and so I think differences, maybe what's new in many ways, you know, I feel like we've been at this thing for a really, really, really long time. Yeah, right. And right. so for many people, you know, it's like, why do why, why are we keep why why are we still talking about this? Right. Like, so you have this fatigue. Um, from some people, like, honestly, it's 2023. Why do we keep talking about this? Why can't we just get this? And then in other ways, you know, people are saying, no, the fight is, there are things that are emerging. And what I think, um, what we see that is new, maybe in it is Mm -hmm. maybe intensity or focused in on certain groups Okay, where, you know, maybe some groups that maybe felt like they weren't, um, as vulnerable yeah. um, to attack and exposure and mm-hmm. uh, intolerance or exclusion, uh, you see like certain groups are now being more attacked maybe. Um, um, but so you see that. And so like an so, example are LGBTQ plus, right. right? From you start talking and looking at these, you know, Senate bills and things that are in play yeah. that are coming after different groups. Right. So, but from that standpoint, like that's not anything new. It's just 
like, okay, now we're going after this group. And in some instances, we're going after kids in those groups, yeah. you know? So I think from the standpoint of what is new, like, I don't know that it's new from the standpoint of every people who are doing this work, we haven't let up, you know, we haven't let our foot up off the gas, so to speak. We're still going, but what we're seeing is different groups now that are being targeted, if you will. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting as you say that uh, it's almost like you're saying to a group of um, younger football players, you know, who mm -hmm. maybe are making multiple mistakes in a game and the coach says, you know, I want to remind you what it is that we're doing here. Yes. It's called football. Yeah. It, because it was around even before it became, quote, mm -hmm. popular. And or maybe that's not the right word. Maybe I'm thinking when it was as um, as vivid or as mm -hmm. front mm -hmm. of mind. Right. Yeah. So in that spirit, Toya, with all that is new and all mm -hmm. that is old, um, what are the current um how, how do we know that we're actually moving the ball, if you will, down the yeah. field, moving forward, right? And 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 I'm I want to be very clear for our audience. I do not believe that there is an arrival because mm -hmm. we're dealing with human beings, so I, it's an ongoing dynamic thing. Mm -hmm. But I do believe, at some level, you should be able to look at what's happening inside of your organization and be able to say, well. Four years ago, we were here and now we're here as mm -hmm. in forward. Sure. And hopefully there's some celebration of success. Absolutely. Right? Um, and I also know it could be, well, four years we were here and actually we've taken two steps backwards. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. So how do they do that in, in, in the world of DEI to measure? Sure. So for me, mm -hmm. um, there's there's when you're looking at measurements, right? right? Measurement and accountability. For me, that's one of the pillars that should be a part of any DEI, um, whatever you call it in your organization, sure. any work, yep. right? Because mm -hmm. how do you know if you're making progress if you're not measuring, if you don't have key performance indicators that you say this particular things or these set of things are what we consider to be um valuable markers or milestones of our success in mm -hmm. our organization. So, um, and that's no different in any organization when you're talking about growth or you're talking about, um, um, you know, financial performance, you're going to measure where you are so that you can know if we're making progress or not. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, like, I think that has to be a part of it, but for some people that could feel close to maybe quotas, I'm going to say that, or, mm -hmm. you know, it, and it is not from my perspective, it is marking where this is where we need to be, because we know if we don't have a goal, if we don't have our eye on, Hey, we want to see this progress or this growth at right. this particular period of time, the chances are of you getting there and making that progress are very slim. So let me, uh, let me ask you this from the perspective of um, and I know probably every organization out there, the majority of them would say, yeah, we've done the surveys, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. know, and is it a case of where a company or an organization may say, well, we want our net score in relation to these three things mm -hmm. to be seven or higher on a scale of one to 10, right? Mm -hmm. Which we all can do the math, right? And we sure. can look at it and go, wow, we're at an average of eight. So that means check the box. We're succeeding. Mm, yeah. Is it that straightforward? 
as an example. I know there yeah. could be other ways, so, but there's certain things that I think you could say. If for an example, if you want to say we have um, markers or we have goals around who we're hiring in an organization, right? Okay. So let's just use that as an example yep. where you can say, you know, we have not been recruiting from these places and say we have a goal that we want to increase um, women yep. in leadership by, I don't know, 5%, right? Right. right. Um, in the next year or two, you could clearly say, okay, we would like to have relationships, partnering, uh, recruiting relationships with, I don't know, three organizations. Say we want to go to uh, the women in science. So say you're a technology organization. You right. say we want to, we've not been recruiting from these places or these universities or these organizations. Mm -hmm. We want to develop partnerships with these organizations. We want to recruit from this school because they have a certain percentage of women in their program. Gotcha. Right. As yep. an example. Yep. Those are very tangible things. And those are things that you can say, we haven't been there. We haven't done that. We're going to put a plan in place to go there, nurture that relationship, build a partnership. And then we will we will do that. And you could see your numbers moving up. Now, that's getting folks in the door. That's half of the problem. Right. Right. Half of the solution. The other half is, is what things are you putting in place that once they are here in the organization that will support their growth and development as a female in that organization? Yeah, because, you know, like Toya, I, I go back into my corporate days mm -hmm. and I remember being. I can go back in time enough <laughs> and my memory will serve me. Um, I was like the only person of color in a room that I, I still remember yes. like the first time going into the I think at the time I've lost all my corporate language. So I understand 100 right, 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 being in yeah, public yeah, education yeah, now. I get right. it. You know, it's yeah. that I think it was the executive management sure. team, right? And, yes. and being in those first meetings and it was just like vivid to me. It was like, oh my goodness. Yes. Because I don't want to, I don't want you to lose your thought on, on this, but um, how we feel, mm -hmm. how that sense of belonging, yes. that sense that I'm welcomed yes. is a two-way street, right? Absolutely. Um, the organization needs to intentionally, and they didn't do it back when I was, yes. <laughs> back when the earth's crust was cooling, <laughs> I've always wanted to say You're that. You're not involved, <laughs> Stop it. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting to me that in that organization, there wasn't a an intentional. It was kind of like, yes. well, we hired you. We mm -hmm. want you to do the work here. Sit down. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, let's go. Yes. But I do believe if I would have had that extra mm -hmm. bit of intentionality around it um i i would have felt more welcomed i would have felt more belonging now that's one path of the street right yeah. the other path is how i see eric mm -hmm. and i know that one is the tougher nut to crack probably mm -hmm. in general yeah. because like as you know toya in the yeah. work that we do when we encounter a problem an opportunity whatever it may be Boom comes the emotion, sure. the emotion of fear, the emotion of anger and all the rest and how we manage that process. Yes. Because now I know for me, because as a someone who is recovering imposter syndrome person, mm -hmm. right, it was 
it was easy for me to go, I don't belong here. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, if, if they find out that I don't have this and I don't have that, then I'm, I'm they're probably going to fire me. Right yeah. now, dude, are they reading my mind? Mm-hmm. Are they able to go, Oh no, no, Eric, you don't have to think that you don't mm-hmm. have to feel that because it's okay. Right. No, it was, it was me doing the internal war of no, mm-hmm. Eric, don't, you know, no, Eric, it's okay. Eric. It's a, so in light of that, right. And mm-hmm. this measurement thing, and I mentioned the survey. So sure. okay, Eric gets the survey and Eric, because he's, he's got this blend of, I don't feel welcomed mm-hmm. and they didn't go out of their way to make me feel welcome. Yeah. Therefore I'm going to put it as a five. Yeah. Cause I really don't know. Is it the responsibility of the organization to go to both scenarios? Should they investigate beyond just, well, we've got a program, we've got a, what do you think about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Well, well, I will start with this. If you're truly committed right. to saying we want to do something different and we want to create a culture of belonging and a culture of inclusion, then you will go the extra distance. Ah. Wow. You will, right? Wow. You will yeah. invest. And yeah. so if it's important, if it matters, if you see that it's not just um, lip service, it's not just, you know, today we're going to be a company that signs up to do it and we have really no intention of, then you won't. You'll stop there. You'll stop there and say, hey, look, look at my program that we have and look at our numbers. Uh, you you will stop there. But if you say we are committed to this, if you have customers, if your stakeholders, your shareholders are saying, hey, this is not enough for for us, you know, like this matters to us, um, then maybe you'll you'll do it because it matters to those folks. Yeah. But it's not enough. You can't just say, hey, we we're opening the door, you're here, you make it work. That's 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 not how it works. It's not enough. So I do think it's incumbent upon the organization to um invest in the people part, invest in the culture part. And yes, it requires uncomfortable conversations. Uh, it does, yeah. right? Because you have to acknowledge then that you have an environment that maybe historically has not been welcoming to folks who may not be within that circle of what you're used to. So Toya, I was giving a session here recently mm-hmm. and the subject matter about how we come off to other people. Sure. And you know, the drill, you know, if somebody's boisterous and loud, we can say, yeah, they're this, they're that. But I think sometimes when we encounter those that are maybe not so vocal, mm-hmm. uh, we can kind of jump to our conclusions very quickly. And maybe it's because it's easier, sure. right? And this particular person was saying, I, 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 you know, I'm not that way, mm-hmm. but I kind of got the sense that it was, you know, no one has really cared to like mm-hmm. investigate why. Mm-hmm. And she made it clear is it, it's not that I don't like people. It's that I don't know what to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. You and I, Toya, might go as soon as we see someone who's not, you know, engaging, we'll walk over to them or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this person's case, it's like I'm keeping the door, you know, the wall up. Mm-hmm. And I explained to her about how we manage our emotions. And I had promised them this, you know, hey, I'm going to give you a little exercise you can take with you type Mm -hmm. deal. And it was the idea of the pause, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you feel the emotion, give yourself a window of time, find something that will calm you, allow your prefrontal part of your brain to catch up the executive function. Mm -hmm. 
And after the session, she comes up to me. I can't thank you enough. Now I understand why I was texting my husband, telling him I learned this. Now, for me, it was heartwarming because I felt like it was coming through. But when we're in these organizations, Mm -hmm. right, with all kinds of diversity, can I call it neurodiversity? Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and this idea and which I didn't mention about with this session was we had this picture of an iceberg, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you, the surface of an iceberg is only one tenth of the right. entirety, right? Mm-hmm. And we really kind of came together about this idea about, well, we have to be more curious. Yes. We have yes. to not, even for the boisterous person, right? Yes. Even the person that's in your face, can we, can we pivot to this idea of, well, okay, I get it. You have a very strong opinion about that and you want everyone to know. Tell me a little more about that. Where does that come from? What yes. what what was the thing that really got you going about that versus going, I don't know about you, Toya, but Eric's, mm-hmm. you know what? And then Toya says, I agree. You know, you want to get lunch later? Mm-hmm. And you and I formed our opinion. There's Eric over there. And we're like, yeah, I already know what he is. Yes. Do you really? Do yeah. you really? Because yeah. you, you, you're only looking at a lunch. At that right. You're right. So I'm saying all of that to say, what are some things that organizations need or can do to help address that too? Because that's the other part of the street. Sure. You know, I'm I'm coming into the situation and I don't know how to say hi to people immediately. Because you mentioned that it's it is. If you're taking it seriously, if it's important, you should go there too, right? I agree with you 100%. I love that you brought in this notion of curiosity. Um, And way, 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 way back when I was in corporate, um, that is how we talked about um, crossing those differences, right? That Mm -hmm. line of differences, this notion of curiosity. It's easy to stay in, you know, your little space and your little box and and make assumptions yep. about what you think that person means and and ascribe meaning to what you think that thing means. And you most of the time are wrong. And so it's this idea of asking or or saying, can you tell me more about this? Like um, on the surface, I don't quite understand. I think I might be making an assumption about where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I will say I may be wrong, but tell me why you feel that way. Tell me more about that. That to me is such a simple step, but it opens the door for so much learning and so much understanding that I think it is tremendously undervalued. Do you think that that also is going to, does that also require some courage on the part of the leader? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you might, you might hear something that kind of uh, runs counter to what you believe Absolutely. the world to be, right? Absolutely. There's there's risk involved in that yeah. when you, but there's risk involved in anything, right? There's risk in falling in love. There's risk in, you Getting know. in your car and driving. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, yeah. Yeah. there's risk involved. And for a lot of people though, that's scary. That's mm-hmm. scary. It's scary to encounter someone who might have a different opinion because what you might realize is, is that, your position was wrong. And what if that person is right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, you man, know what? I never you know, thought about it from that. But you know what? Like what you're saying there, Toya, is so spot on because I have, I have, I've advocated, I've, you know, taught all of the, the things around this idea about what do we do with these emotions? Mm-hmm. What are we, how, how are we supposed to handle them? How are we going to manage them? What do we, and I think to myself that, when that fear comes, I mean, I get the 
the atypical response is, I got I to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, this, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. But if we can draw on that courage, if we can build the courage to go, hold on, you're afraid now. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Yes. What is, what is it that makes you feel afraid? Right. Where does that come from? Yes. Because if I can go there and I'm for our audience, I understand some of this can connect to things that are traumatic in nature. It's mm-hmm. not me saying, oh, just forget about all that trauma stuff and just go anyway. If you're in that place, it may not be healthy for you to go. Yes. But if you are at that sort of um, level of, of um, I don't know, Tori, I want to call it where you're fine, but it's it's more of a, you're stable. Yeah, Let's use that sure. term. If you are stable, to go to that place and be willing to go, wait a minute, I'm afraid because my mom always said that when I encountered this, mm-hmm. you better be careful. Yes. I don't necessarily know if that's true. Mm-hmm. I should probably listen and give this person another opportunity or more opportunities to explain. Yeah. And hey, by the way, it's okay if I don't agree with it. Yeah. Nobody's asking for you to turn in that particular badge. Mm-hmm. But the the real danger is is if you do allow the emotion to drive you. Yeah. In, in the sense of driving you to making decisions that are going to rob you of maybe an opportunity, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen that play out. There was a, a situation I was facilitating a training and this particular training um, session was around implicit bias. Mm-hmm. And I had a gentleman stand up. Um, man, this was such a moment of vulnerability and I was so proud of him for doing this. Mm-hmm. But um, he stood up in front of the class and he was like, hey, I, like, I just realized that I've been judging this person in this class. Right. They, they were in the room. This is a big risk. Talk about risk. Yeah. And he said, I realize I've been judging him. I don't even know him, but this is what he said. I was taught, and he's from the South. He said, I was taught by my people, grandmother, whoever, that um, if a person wears this um, flag, right? Mm -hmm. American flag on them, that this meant this person was this. They were you know, racist or somebody I needed to be afraid of. Right. And he said, I realized I judge this guy right here who's wearing this hat. And this guy, I've been watching him, having conversations with him in this session. And I couldn't be more wrong because this guy is a great guy. And he said that in front of the room, stood up in the room and said that, apologized to the person. And I saw them afterwards having a conversation and uh, and it was like, man, like I was wrong. The point was, is that he was able to be reflective, mm-hmm. be able to think about where is this fear or where is this opinion or this prejudice or this judgment coming from? And is there any legitimacy in this? Is there any merit in what my parents, my people told me all these many years from being a young person all the way to an adult? But he said, I've been faced with new information that challenged my thinking, Mm -hmm. said to me, you're holding a bias against this person that is unfounded, right? 
what are you going to do with this new information now that you've been given new information? Are you going to hold true to what you knew and what felt comfortable to you and what everybody in your family told you was the truth? Or are you now going to say, wait a second, that's not true. And am I going to take a risk to get someone to know someone differently? And I will tell you, it was a courageous thing to do. Was everybody in the space ready for that? Not necessarily, but mm. that freed that person. Yeah. Right. Freed yeah. That person. And then the person who he was speaking to, it was like, man, like, and so it was a moment for the both of them to recognize. And then he was telling stories about his experiences. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this became yeah. this exchange of, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I felt. And then this person said, this is what I grew up with, what I, you know, what I felt in this exchange of. So Toya, I, you know, this really kind of makes me think about you know this game that especially especially i would consider in the united states where we we come to our encounters with mm-hmm. people wherever it may be and it's almost like we're doing this you know we're preparing for an audition mm-hmm. <laughs> how do i look where's my cl- uh, my clothes are these the right clothes okay yeah. what's my what's my my educational background and mm-hmm. what's my 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 career background and where do i live and and as if everything in life is a freaking audition yes, yes. And I think the times where I found people get the most, like, it's like this collective exhale mm-hmm. is when we can go, we're all flawed. We're all struggling with one thing or another. Right. And those that say they're not, they're lying. Exactly. There's something. There's something, right? Because we're human. We, that there, right? We Boom, ding, mic drop. Human, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. And that part of that human experience is the flawed, right? Yes. And, and I'm thinking more and more, if if we can set a an environment or or a um an atmosphere, a mm-hmm. condition, but where when people come in the room, it's like, let's get something mm-hmm. straight. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us could compare notes about mm-hmm. what we are struggling with, where we have failed, what yes. we missed. This is not an audition. Yes. This is not a place to impress. Yes. Okay. Let's just get that off the table. Cause I think sometimes for those people who maybe were a little like apprehensive mm-hmm. about being vulnerable mm-hmm. are going to say, Oh, this might be a safe environment mm-hmm. after all. So and I that's can- my job. That is my job as a DEI leader. Yeah. In wherever space I am in is to create that environment where people have grace, that that culture grace, that um, that cultural, what I've um, read to be cultural curiosity and okay. to set a right. space for people to know you don't have to be perfect when you have this conversation. It's okay to stumble, to say the wrong word and be like, okay, I'm nervous to say this. I don't know exactly how to ask this question, but yeah. that's my job to set that space for people. Because I know that that is difficult for people to lean into these these conversations. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm facilitating, whenever I'm like having a conversation with people, I put myself out there first. I feel like that is my responsibility to do that, to create that space, to let people know it's safe here. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to say the right things. We will mess up. Guess what, guys? I don't know everything there is to know about diversity. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I still hold some biases of things that I have to struggle with because why I grew up in this country 
right? And I'm faced with all of these micro sort of, a, you know, like micro messages and things, right? I grew up in the public education system in the United States. Like I'm a part of this society. Now I do challenge those biases and I do challenge the things that, you know what, is that really true? But I'm not perfect. Yeah. I don't get it right all the time. Yeah. And you're, you're so on mark there, Toya, because, um, we, we spent a fair amount of time, um, in some of these episodes and some of the other, um, outlets about core beliefs and the power that those core beliefs have. Um, and I've mentioned it on previous episodes. Um, you know, there, there was a time where I was really convicted about it because mm-hmm. when I, 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 I saw a, a talk from a psychologist who mm-hmm. talked, who just outlined, I mean, this is the power that core beliefs can have on people and here's just yeah. where they come from and on and on. And I remember I, I felt such an urgency to tell my son and daughter who at this time were already adults, mm-hmm. right? Young adults is that you've got to check your core beliefs mm. because as a flawed person, mm-hmm. as a human being, mm-hmm. I was not the perfect dad. Uh, I wanted to be, yeah. I desperately wanted to be, yeah. but that is impossible. So mm-hmm. I influenced you and core beliefs are forms more often than not yeah. in those early, early years before you and I or anyone else had the opportunity to have that critical mind that would say, well, wait a minute. My dad said that I should never trust a person of this particular color. Yes. How does he know that? Yes. Where does that come from? Any person with just because of the pigments, that's my criteria. Mm-hmm. When you're eight years old, you don't, you're not developed enough. Yes. So what, so what happens and I'm, I'm going to, this one, my experience yeah. is I go, that's how I'm to see the world. Yeah. And when I told my son and daughter, as I said, you got to do that because you may have developed that core belief more out of a survival yes. tool. How do I live inside of this family unit where your dad or your mom says those people or that person, you got to check that. You got to ask, you mentioned, you, you uttered it a lot of the, is it true? Yeah. Is it true that every person from that particular group? Yes. What evidence, what data do you have that shows that that is so? Because I got to tell you, there's about 70 million of them or there's about 150 million of them. I, yeah. You're probably going to find that, that, yeah, they're isolated events spread out across that particular culture. And yes, there may be something institutionally sure. that, that got into the system. Yeah. But is that core belief still going to serve you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Toya and you're a parent, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you utter it and you hope it sticks and then you kind of just go, well, yep. we'll see. <laughs> right. Yes. But in the end, I had to do it. Yes. I mean, because if you don't, you'll just ride with that because as you know, and <laughs> I have to give him credit because he's the person that I picked it up from the mm-hmm. term, uh, Josh Friedman from Six Seconds. Mm-hmm. We interviewed him for the, one of the podcast episodes and he, he says, you know, our brains can normalize just about anything. That's true. I mean, and, and when you think about that. That's a little scary. It is. A little scary. You know, because the, the daunting reality that, you know what? If you want to drink until you cannot see straight every single day, yeah. your brain will eventually get to a place to go, okay, let's do that. Yeah. We got to do that. That's yeah. that's efficient. That's easy. That's, that's, yes. uh. 
Yeah. Boy, this is, <laughs> you yeah. know, when you talk about your children, you know, my son, he just turned nine mm-hmm. and he is probably the biggest uh, accountability that I have. Like, I will say something and he'll be like, well, mom, why is that? Or mom. And I'll just be like, well, <laughs> he and he is not meaning to do this. And it's so right. interesting because the way that I grew up is you didn't ask your parents why oh, sure. you didn't, there was none of that. Yeah. And he's not asking me to be disrespectful. He's asking me. He's genuinely curious. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so when I say these things, I can't just put it out there and not be able to explain. Yeah. And it's not really a justification, but I need to explain to him because his curious little mind that's being formed, you know, uh, uh, all of these things are being for, uh, found foundational is the mm-hmm. word I'm looking for yeah. for him right now. He wants to understand and make sense of it. And so, wow. I, I Yeah. He keeps me on my toes and he's <laughs> like, well, mom. And, and so I have to sit there and go, yeah. well, why do I feel this way? Yeah. And then is this something that I want him to believe as true? Is this something that I want to be a core value for him? Right. Like, um, and so, yeah, I think even as a parent, he's made me be a better uh, professional, a yeah. DEI professional. Yeah. He really has. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I, I, and I know it's not just this, but I'm going to go with the social media, the marketing, sure. the, mm-hmm. the whole PR around DEI. Mm-hmm. It seems to a lot of it be uh, focused in on the workplace. Sure. Right. Is that sort of the, and I'm not going to hold you as, you got to make the, you have to be the the arbiter of, is it this or that, Mm -hmm. but is, is it designed just for the workplace or is it supposed to have an impact beyond? Oh my goodness. Well, um, you know, when I thought about that work and even the way that I think about it now, Mm -hmm. um, in my role, um, in a school district, for me, I think about it as, yeah, whatever, We are talking about with our students, for example, Mm -hmm. I hope they go home and talk to their parents and I hope that extends beyond uh, parents into their lives as employees or community members. I think it's a broader conversation. I think it's a human conversation in terms of how do we engage with people who are different? How do we live amongst people who are different, um, you know, from us? Like, to me, it's, it's yes, there's a, you know, if you're an organization, I think it's smart business to do that, right, to say right. like, yeah, like there's certainly financial opportunity there and growth. And if you look at research of companies who, you know, do diversity and inclusion well, there's correlation to increase profit. But I just think as humans in general, global citizens, like it is in my opinion, <laughs> and people may argue, but it's like the key to our um, like e- existence and, and like peaceful sort of harmonious living with people who are different. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I think there is. Um, wow. Cause you know, what immediately comes to my mind was uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Yes. And and for those of you out there, I know I'm I'm not getting into uh, I'm not, I haven't put on a robe and I'm not going to be uh, <laughs> preaching here, but it's a wonderful story that relates. Right. Because Samaritans were, I think, at that time in that era, they would have been what we would consider to be 
of mixed culture, right? Mm-hmm. And they were half breeds, mm-hmm. as as you might describe it. And the Jews would have nothing, yes. nothing to do with them. They looked down on them. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was out and out straight, sure. straight up racist, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and Jesus decides to go visit that area. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, Toya, and you may know the story, right? It was out of his way. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you would not do it. No yeah. self-respecting Jewish man, mm-hmm. number one, would go and talk to a, a, a woman yes. who happened to be a Samaritan. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. It was such a beautiful encounter mm-hmm. and exchange, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, when you mentioned what you did, I'm going, if I'm if I have an exclusionary mindset, the, the harmony can't exist there. It's counter, it right? Um, if if I'm going, not to mention the fact is like, what does your life look like? If you're you're like, I only think these people for and not these people, and I'm still on the fence about these people. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. what kind of peace could you have and just as a living human being walking the planet. Sure. You know? Um, so so that brings me to to another thought from that side, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned about someone reflecting on. I know it's the, the gentleman in the in the workshop. Yeah, taking the opportunity to reflect. Yeah, my opinion, mm-hmm. as you just um, went, I don't see our culture as being very reflective no. or curious. I agree with you. So can we? Can the can the corporate C level senior level leader effectively embrace? DEI if they're not reflective and they're not mm-hmm. curious? I don't know how you do it if you don't. Because it would seem to Honestly, me it would be an essential. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how, because to me, that's existing in a position of pride. Um, and if you, we, if you are a believer in the Bible, and you look at scripture and what it says about pride, um, it doesn't end well for people who are very prideful, right? In terms and of- And even if we took scripture right, out. We it, take it out. We, right? could, we could probably look in our own families right. and go, it's not, I tried to tell them, right. I tried to tell them, right? Pride does not generally lead to- Good outcomes. Uh, good outcomes, right, right? Right. So I don't know how you you do that because I think- Great leaders are people who are reflective. They have a degree of humility. They um, um, are vulnerable, right? Like, but if you view leadership from a way where it is top down and I have to know everything and I have to be this person that is leading you, I don't view leadership that way. Like um, I take more of a servant leadership um, perspective. And so you're engaging with people, you're walking alongside of them, you're learning with them, but I don't know how you do that. If you're not reflective, I don't know how you're, I'm a good wife. If I'm not reflective, if I'm not a good mom, if I'm not reflective. Yeah. So, so let's, um, let's take that term of reflective. Cause I, I want to be, um, how would I say this Toya? Um, that there might be some that said, what do you mean being reflective? Mm. Do you mean I got to sit in a room for no. an hour and meditate? No. So when someone says, okay, Toy, what do you mean by reflective? Sure. So, um, so for me, it is something happens. So say I'm at work, I have a conversation or yeah. I, I, you know, 
And it usually starts where I'm not necessarily settled on how that interaction, Mm -hmm. how that something came, right? There's this little thing for me, and I'm not saying that's for everybody else. I'm like, not sure that was the best way or just not, right? It's kind of like you feel that little thing and you sit there and go, wow, what could I have done better? So I'll give you an example. Right. This happened to me. I put um, some information out and we were celebrating a a heritage month, right? And so put this information out and I will tell you, I put a lot of work into those things, a lot of research. So let's just talk about this. This is my work product, right? Right, And I'm doing this work. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is a great product. I'm helping you. You're learning. I'm giving you resources and tools and uh, got feedback, an email and something that I put in there was offensive. I was perpetuating a stereotype from this person's perspective, okay, okay yeah. about their, their group. So they were part of this uh, uh, racial group and they were like, wow, like I felt like this information that you put out there was really stereotypical um, and it was offensive, right? Mm. And they asked to meet with me. Okay, no, I will be honest. I was a little bit like ruffled feathers, like what? Like, like I put something out here. I'm the diversity person. Like what? And you have a problem with what it is I'm putting out there? Just keeping it real. So I'm driving over there. Right. And I'm like, okay. All right. All right. Toya, like, come on, like work on being like open. Right. So I get there, have the conversation and I can feel that my face is probably not like the most welcoming. Mm-hmm. Like, and So I'm managing through those things, those emotions, being mindful of my body language, mindful of like my tone as I'm having this conversation with this person. Um, And they expressed and I said, okay, thank you. And then I was invited the person in to help me in the future. Like, hey, would you like to be a part of this? Because there is work involved in crafting, you know, this particular resource. So I did all that. Left. And I was like, okay, that was better than what I thought. But on my drive back, I was reflecting on what was said, what they said, what I said. And I realized that I never apologized for causing harm. And I was like, oh, I said all these other things, but I did not clearly say to this person, wow, I unintentionally caused you harm and I apologize for that. And so... Upon reflection, when I got back to my desk, I crafted an email and said that to that person. That's a beautiful, beautiful description of reflection. And I, I, I don't know if you felt it or at that time, and, but when I'm hearing that reflection, um, how would I say it, Toya? It seemed to align you yourself to the better way, right? It was the better way, right. but there was humility. Yeah. I And it wasn't easy. It was not easy. Yeah. I will tell you, yeah. I, we're not saying this is easy. We're not saying that it feels good. Yeah, it, because you know what? Um, <laughs> I sometimes believe, not sometimes believe, I, that's not the right way to say it. I, I don't believe that I can get my thoughts to match my words here. <laughs> um, life was not, it's not designed to be uh, nice and tidy yeah. and easy. I think we've done a poor service sure. as a culture to give people the impression that somehow we, you could find a way 
to make it easy. Yeah. It's not. And and I would dare say, I'm not in the DEI space, Toya, but it would seem to me if you are not a reflective leader, you're not a curious leader, you really need to probably call a timeout and do, do some deep dive because I think there could be harm done. Yes. Because I think what typically goes on the other side of that coin, if you're not reflective and curious, is the judgmental thing. Oh it's my the, goodness. it's, it's the, yes. you know, I already know you're wrong. Um, oh. I don't know what you felt, but what you felt was not correct in any person of blah, blah, blah would know blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. So, um, what I'm thinking about, um, in the DEI world, as far as, because it, it seems as if, I mean, there's a robust career path mm-hmm. that people can kind of chart out. Sure. And I get it. My hope is, is that 99.9% of the people that are going into it are going into it because they absolutely, they, they say, yes, I'm a reflective leader. Yes, I'm a curious leader. And yeah, I need to get better at it, but I believe in that. And I want to see change. I want all these things. I know reality would say it's not that high of a percentage. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a launching point into, is there anything in that world that you're looking out over the horizon and go, mm, that's concerning. That concerns me. And, and maybe it's yeah. within the practitioner realm. Or maybe it's just in the organizational thing, but mm-hmm. let's maybe start with the practitioners sure. and that kind of thing. Well, I, I will just say this. This is not a kind of job from my perspective that it's like, oh, it's just a normal job, right? Like it is, I mean, I guess you can. Um, Do you mean that in the sense that, okay, it's not just like, oh, I'm the senior vice president of operations. I'm correct. I'm director of sales. That's correct, because there's so much in my opinion that is related to people and that is related to, um, I feel like helping to shepherd people or show them a path forward Mm -hmm. that involves a lot of courage, that involves a lot of vulnerability, right? And that is like some, you can go get a degree, go get a certificate in like, um, you know, inclusive leadership, right? right? You know what I'm saying? There's like, I mean, those, there's programs that exist now. They didn't a long time ago. When I was, you know, in graduate school, there was not a, anything on DEI, right? Right, Or inclusive leadership. It didn't exist. So there is certainly course content around that. My opinion is, is to be really effective and Mm -hmm. to bring about that shift in change. I think it's more than that. I think for me, what I realize, and I will just speak for myself, yep. there is so much of myself in me living what it is that I say um, that I bring to this job that is not just a degree. It's not just um, a certification. No, yeah. I feel that way. And it's maybe because I feel like this is part of my purpose. This is what I'm here to be doing. Um, and so it's not just a job because yeah. I could have just a job right now in corporate or just a job and, you know, wherever. But for me, I feel like this is part of why I'm here. This is part of my gifting to um, bring people together, to help people lean into discomfort, lean into curiosity, lean into that, because I do feel like there's a better way. I mean, sometimes people just don't know how to get there. Yeah. And 
I I would say if there was the ability for you to record something like that by video and then have like all the major organizations that are either pondering or just starting and hiring that they could say, hey, you need to watch this video and 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 you need to really consider because this is what this work mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I know that requires the organization to be truly committed mm -hmm. because, you know, um, I think I'm okay because I paid for all my sins. So I can say this about corporate America. <laughs> um, I don't think that every organization that's plastering all these wonderful platitudes and are actually fully committed to the end person. And I'm talking about the end person as being the business analyst in the cube who happens to have uh, a mixed ethnic, if I can spit it out, mm -hmm. a mixed ethnic background or mm -hmm. of a different gender. I mean, whatever it may be. Sure. Absolutely. Because to me, um, once again, um, we, we can all, we can all put these airs on and, and, and we can have all this trapping um, and it looks really cool and it sounds really like, oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. how, how wonderful. But if that person sitting in the cube, as I described, mm -hmm. looks at you like, what are you talking about? Yep. Or looks at you and go, are you talking about this place? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're talking about my manager? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then, I mean, therein lies why the authenticity and the reflective yes. and the curiosity is so vitally important. Yeah. Because I get it, Toya. Even if all those boxes are checked with the mm -hmm. leader, mm -hmm. that's not a guarantee that just magically everything, because I know people uh, who are just, if I can say these terms sure. in this age, right? They're far on the right. Yeah. And they believe that if we just did one, two, and three, then you yeah. need to stop. And that's it. End of story. Sure. They're very judgmental, very sure. dualistic. It's either black or it's yes. white. And then there's those that are on the far left yes. of the equation who believe revolution is the answer. Right. And of course, then I go, so have you thought about what happens after the revolution exactly. is exactly. complete? Exactly. You know, whatever, right? right. But I, I'm just saying that because in between those poles of argument and shouting is that business analyst who's just trying to figure out what am I going to do yeah. for this next thing? Mm -hmm. How am I going my kids, my neighborhood, my, my aspirations right. as a human being? Exactly. So from, from the perspective of, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of throw this one by surprise, but mm -hmm. if you had to say, what are a few things you, if you were in that senior level to hire that mm -hmm. person in DEI, what would you say you're looking for? Mm. So, you know, I was thinking about one of the things that I wanted to say, and I actually was asked to write an article that was similar to this. And okay. one of the things that I said is, and I believe this, is who you hire, meaning the person that you hire in that seat mm -hmm. is um, one of the most important decisions that an organization can make when they're looking for someone to lead this work in the organization. And I mean that person. So is that person um, reflective? Is that person a courageous leader? Because listen, there are moments where I have to decide and I have made decisions that, okay, this is the right thing for me to say and the right thing for um, the organization to do, but this is not a popular decision. And so in that moment, 
I am assessing the risk and saying, do I want to do this? Right. Do I want to say, hey, guys, this isn't the right thing. This isn't the path forward. This is not how we want to do this work in our organization and be authentic. So I think you have to have some degree of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to um, recognize that even though you may not be the CEO for this work, you are the person that is setting the tone yeah. for your organization and how you should be doing this. So for me, I think in my seat, I should be the person where people are like, man, like there's something about her leadership, her presence that makes me um, want to connect with what it is that she's saying, right? Like wants to connect with what it is. That and she's you're kind doing. of being the attractor to the yes. curiosity and the reflection. again. Right. I shouldn't be the DEI person and people run yeah, when right. they see me coming down yeah. the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's yeah. there's something wrong about my leadership or my style. Yeah. If I'm repelling people, if I'm saying as an organization, we need to be a place where people feel like they're welcomed and they're belonging. I need to live that. I need to bring that energy and that presence. Right. Yeah. Um. And so and that's what I'm saying is sometimes what can happen is is that we feel like we DEI people feel like it's our job to correct people and say, this is where we're wrong. This is where we need to be. And then not be the person sometimes that is uh, giving people grace to make mistakes. Right. Because sometimes it's like, well, dang it. Like, really? Are we really right here as an organization? Are we really dealing with that thing? Mm -hmm. Because it's frustrating Yeah. because we know where we need to be. And we know like we should be past this as an organization, as a society. And so that can be frustrating for us. But the reality is, is, is I have to learn how to meet people where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes. Yeah. It is hard because you're just like, oh my God, are we really still having this conversation? Am I really like, yeah, because this is what I live every single day, but that's not what everybody else lives every single day. Yep. Right. And, so and, I yeah. have to be the person that says, hey, let me help you. Let let me let's have this conversation. Let, let's let's figure out how we can get from here to here. Mm-hmm. And so that's why for me, you ha- as a DEI person um, in this space, you have to have your thing, whatever that is, that keeps you grounded, that keeps you um in a place where you don't get fatigued, right? So I know there are boundaries. I know there's certain things that, you know what? I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. I can't read certain things. I can't watch certain things on TV um, because what I know that it does, it can make me angry. And it clouds my ability to be a vessel, if you want to call it that, or to be that person where I can live in the space where I could give people grace. I can give patience to people, right? In situations. Um, otherwise I could be in that same space. So I can't lead with anger. So I have to make sure whatever it is that I am doing in my personal space, in my professional space, that I have to be clear to be able to lead in that way. Yeah. And, you know, Toya, um, you, you just connected on something around, I consider to be these essential foundational tools to hopefully I'll say um, hopefully it's 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 a it gives people an opportunity it gives them resource to be able to grow that muscle mm-hmm. of what you're describing right 
because I know with our work in emotional intelligence, it's that ability. Can you manage what you think and feel to the decision? Because some people, as you know, if they don't have that, then default comes into play. Mm -hmm. I get angry when my dad screams, so I'm going to scream at you. Mm -hmm. I'm sad, so I'm going to do what my mom did. And that's like, I'm running. Mm -hmm. When in reality, if you're a leader, you can't run away here. That's not going to produce a good outcome. No. So let's learn how to address where that emotion, what part it's playing in this scene, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, obviously our, our motivation is to help people build a practice around that. I sometimes... Um, and in my optimism, I, I like to believe that the intention is honorable as each time we, we have the, the engagement, right? Mm-hmm. You said something there about how you're managing your life about watching certain things on TV and what you listen to and all of the rest. And I think what you just described, at least what I'm hearing is, is it is a person, a leader who is building their resources, mm-hmm. right? And we never know how much we need our resources until the time that we need them. Yes. Right. And if there's a leader out there who maybe, maybe they just were hired in mm-hmm. to do the work and maybe they're not, they're going, wow, Toya, I, I didn't think about that. And wow, that, that doesn't describe blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly those of you in the audience, if that fits your description, um, we'll have Toya's contact information. So you, you'll be able to reach out to her, but My point is, I think so many of us, we fail to realize that each day we're given an opportunity to build these resources, right? And I I love how you're intentional about, no, 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 Eric, I'm not going to watch that because that's going to interfere with, right? Because that's a form of building resources Mm -hmm. because there's going to come a time where there's going to be that person or people who are from a certain segment. Mm -hmm. Again, look at my description earlier, Mm -hmm. right, left or whatever. And you're going to be the leader that they are going to rely on to be that light, to be that, oh, wait a minute. She's not, she's not shrinking. Wait a minute. She's not insulting back. She's asking me questions. She's calm. Well, you and I know, Toya, you didn't build the Mm-mm. calmness last night. Anyway, you didn't you didn't put it in the oven 20 minutes on 425 and then pull it out okay. and then magically exactly right. Yes. And and I and I love that. And that's that's my hope for our audience is that build your resources mm-hmm. every single day. You have an yeah. opportunity. And I have encountered, and I've been there mm-hmm. where Man, if I would have built those resources five, six, whatever number of time you want to attach to that, mm-hmm. I'd be better able to handle this situation. Yeah. Because now I'm faced with, I can only, stealing from David Tubley. David, <laughs> David if you're out, out there, thank you so much for this quote. <laughs> it is still resonating in my brain. I can only draw on the resources that I have available at the time. Mm, that's good. That's, that's right. I can, that's all I can do. That's right. Right. And I get it. I can pray, God, oh, I need a miracle. Please bail me out, bail me out. I get it. I understand <laughs> that. <clears throat> but there's a level of maturity and responsibility as leaders that says, okay, Eric, you're not, you're not some 
newbie. You're not some, oh, I had no idea that this existed. You, you know the drill. You, you need to be putting in the work. You need to be working through these things. Yes. I want to kind of end on a story. Sure. Yeah. Um, and my gosh, <laughs> see, I knew it was going to be time to fly and by here. So, uh, and I've been mentioning this to, to a few clients in the past week. I stumbled upon an interview last week, Toya, with Michael J. White. I think it's Michael, mm. the actor. Yes. yes. Did I get it right? Is his first yep. name Michael? Michael, okay. mm, yes. So um, he's being interviewed and, and the interview was a little older. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't seen it before, but it was about, the interviewer was asking him about Will Smith and Chris mm -hmm. Rock and what happened at the Oscars. That's probably been two, three yeah. years now, right? Yep. And Toya, he, he said, oh, that really hurt. So I, Michael J. White, I've seen him in movies, but mm -hmm. I've not really ever listened to an interview or read an interview with him. So sure. I'm going, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And he goes, um, in so many words, and I'm poorly paraphrasing, you probably can find it on YouTube out there. Um, I believe it was Vlad TV that did the interview. But mm -hmm. in so many words, for you, he said that Will Smith didn't put in the work. He didn't, he didn't uh, do his work. And, and when he said that, I'm going... I wonder, was he, is he talking about the work that I think he's talking about? Mm -hmm. And he was. Mm -hmm. He said, the danger is, is that if you have not addressed these things before you get power, yes. ultimately the power will, it'll flip the script yes. on you. Yes. He said, because when you get power, the people who once would be willing to call you on yes. stuff begin to fade. Mm -hmm. And in comes those tell you everything you do yes. is great everything you said was wonderful everything was appropriate mm -hmm. and he said he didn't do that work yeah. so when the moment occurred mm -hmm. he didn't have anything to rely on yep. to do what would have been the better decision right yeah, i agree and i and i i mean I'm just sitting there and again, it's still, I, you know, I, this is within the, within the last week or so. Yeah. I don't want to be in that spot. And, and I get it as a human being, I probably will be at some level and that may to that level, probably not, sure. I hope, but I know one way I can increase the chances that I won't Yep. is that if I see the deficiency now, if I know I got this thing, Toya, that it's, it's gnawing at me. That's it's it. gnawing at me. Yes. You know, the reason why I'm afraid, oh, it's that. And I see it. Mm -hmm. Don't run the other way, Eric. Just, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm just time out. Okay, fear, go ahead. Right. Talk to me. What, what is it you want to tell me? Yes. I, and I, I know I'm going to flinch. I know I don't want to necessarily be reminded, but go ahead. Because if I don't disarm you, I got trouble. Yes. And it will show, it'll come up. If you're not, if you haven't dealt with it, it will show up. Can I have that repeated about 50 times, Joy? Because it, it, will, it, it, it yeah. you think you're yeah. escaping, you think, oh, I'm by it. But if you have not put in the work, if you have not addressed those things that are your demons, so to speak, or are those things that are um, you know, vulnerabilities or fears or whatever, it'll show up. I got something for you within that. Okay. I, I, I know. And we're starting to run over That's and uh, Brett, hang with me here. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say if a, if an, if a hiring manager, 
And, and I guess in this case, maybe it's going to probably be a senior level leader. Mm-hmm. Said, uh, hey, Eric. Hey, Toya. Have you dealt with your demons? You, have you dealt with those things that trip mm. you up? Yeah. Do you think that question would, I mean, maybe you'd say from an HR perspective, that's not appropriate. No, but and, I, and so technically, not really an HR person. <laughs> right, but right. That, but I think that's a fair question. And I know that, it could be worded yeah, you could differently. Say it differently. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you, um, you know, how have you handled maybe challenges that you've had in your life or what, what things have you done or what things have you overcome and tell me or how maybe you even overcame them. Could someone, right? could, could someone go even that route of, so what are you doing now to work on becoming a better Absolutely. leader? What are you currently working on? What are the areas of deficiency yes. that you know to be true? Yes. I used this in a session uh, recently about game film. Mm-hmm. I'll ask them, you know, the whole idea of one of our competencies, you may remember, mm-hmm. is recognizing patterns. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, this is kind of like game film. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and why do we watch game film as a team? Mm-hmm. Well, we want to know what our opponent. Well, have you watched your own game film? Mm. Do, do you know how you are typically, do yeah. you know when this situation? Yeah. Because. And a lot of times we just don't know that in and of ourselves. We have to create space for people to be able to be honest with us and tell us those things. And that's hard. Yeah. That is hard. Yeah. Do I always want to hear from my husband? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, I see this. My natural first thing is to sort of deflect that or be defensive when I hear that. This is not easy. So, again, you you talked about this. And I think, again, we do a disservice to ourselves and to our children when we say things are going to be easy. They're not easy. None of this is easy. And it doesn't feel good. But what I will say is that I am glad for all of the things that I have gone through um, before I arrived to the seat where I'm leading DEI in an organization. Yeah. Because... Three years ago or five years ago, I should say, because I've been in this role for three years, but five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. And I don't want anything before it's time for me to have it. Yeah. Do you think um, I I go back to that Michael J. White um, interview about power? And and obviously, if if you're hired into the role um, director level or above Mm -hmm. or whatever, you're you're being given power. Yes. And 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 I want to be clear for our audience. Um, I don't think this is just isolated and directed only to folks in the DEI space, um, because I think far too many leaders, regardless of what role, right. regard, they have not had purposeful training on how to handle power. I agree. You know, and maybe I'm missing it. Maybe someone out there would say, oh, no, the universities now are making that a high priority. Um, I'd have to check with my son, but mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm, I'm just saying I don't think that it's as front of mind. I think it's more of an afterthought, unfortunately. Sure. You know, I mean, because all of us and I'm going to speak for my corporate career. It was the pursuit of mm-hmm. attaining yes. power, yes. obtaining it. Right. Um, and if somebody would have stopped me and said, hey, do you realize that thing that you want so much? Do you know what it is? Do you, do you know what it, it can do to you? Have you done any have you done any look back at history? Have, have you have you look around you? 
But I would have to say, yeah, no, I haven't. Yes. Because for me, I was so laser focused on what it would mean mm-hmm. when. Sure. Right. Yes. Um, and I'm saying this to everyone out there. It's not I, my story is irrelevant outside of the fact that it may prompt you to go, well, oh, my gosh. Well, how am I handling power? Do you have somebody around you that you could go to to say, hey, I, I need a gut check here. Do you still have people in your life that are willing to call you on your it begins with a B and it has an S in it. So, right. <laughs> right? Do, you, do you have those people? Right. Right. Have you felt like those people are those that no, I I'll I'll call them back another time or mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tell them I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And you only have time for those people that tell you how great you are because that's a scary place. Yeah. No, it really is. Oh, and and I it boy, it we really haven't is. even we yeah. haven't even gone and, and at some point um we haven't gone to your career. Oh, we and, don't have and, to go to my career and that's okay. But what I can tell you is is that is a scary place because what I realized is that what I the platform that I've been given is a gift. It is a blessing. And so what I do with that it matters. Yeah. And so what I realize is what I say or or, you know, how I invest in people and what I say to them can make the difference. Yep. Yep. And so it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. And, and part of the reason is, is that I never, I will tell you, I never, ever wanted to be in the number one seat, like for diversity. I never wanted to be leading it anywhere. Um, and maybe because I knew the responsibility that went with that, right? Maybe, yep. I don't know. Um, but I take it very, very, very seriously. Right. And so, um, I, I would tell you, I'm, I'm sorry, I cut no, you off. No, it's okay. Um, I was alluding to your career because what came to my mind was you had a front row seat, uh, when you were with Abercrombie, oh, yeah. uh, and you got to see, uh, what power did and can do to people. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I, I say this again, as a human being, we all have those times where we've been given power and we abused it. And hopefully we, you know, it's not, doesn't rise to a level of a uh, legal type mm-hmm. situation. Sure. Um, but I just think Toya, that one of the prerequisites, again, regardless, we're obviously subject matter today is DEI, but any leader, any organization, if you're wise, you'd make the handling of power, a, a, a thing that you, really pay a lot of attention to, um, because it's real. I mean, it's real. Toya Spencer, my gosh, I know it took almost two years to get you back in studio, but I'm so glad we had the opportunity to talk today. And, um, certainly we're going to have you back man. less than two years. Hey, listen, whenever is the right time, it'll be the right time. So I'm just thankful to be here. That's beautiful. Thanks so much. Everyone out there listening, we appreciate you tuning in. Until the next time, take care.